Welcome to 2020's Six Demon Bag Christmas Spectacular. I am Drew Log. I'm Jeffy Bells. I'm Eddie Mistletoe. <laughs> I'm Ryan Moore, presents and other Christmassy type things. <laughs> I'm Ruddy Ryan G. I meant to say Jeffel Bells, but... <laughs> <laughs> Jeffy Bells? Only my wife calls me Jeffy Bells. Before we get started, I have something to say. Something to say in defense of the Grinch. Many folks say the Grinch had a heart made of ice, but I think that to say such is rather not nice. It wasn't that the Grinch was pure evil per se, but only that the media represented him that way. I think if you wish to be completely unbiased, you'll see where the true blame unquestionably liest. For the Who's down in Whoville, punch drunk on their cheer, created a clamor even the deafest could hear. They whomped their poo-poopers and banged their clap-trappers. They blew their flub-dubbers whilst crackling gift wrappers. They sang and they whooped and celebrated their wit, never once considering it was quite inconsiderate. And for 53 years, the Grinch said not a word. He moved where the Who's couldn't possibly be heard. At the top of Mount Crumpet he made his abode, where things froze in the cold and it constantly snowed. But so bold was their manner, so heedless their ways, that Who noise carried here even on non-Hooladays. And so the Grinch snapped, which admittedly he shouldn't, but really, who among you in his position wouldn't? Why, if I were the Grinch living up above Who Town, I'd take my big heart and I'd shrink it right back down. Now you see, the best argument has clearly been mine. Who else will you trust some dumb Frankenstein? So if you're a who in the partying mood, please think of your neighbors. It's for your own good. More like Bahu douchebags, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, this is The Six Demon Bag, and it's become a holiday show, but that's okay, because hey, we all love the holidays here, even the crappy ones. I can't wait for our Arbor, Arbor Day. Day special. Drew, I am putting a random topic into your digi bag. Fake trees, ho or humbug? I say ho. I say ho. I'm, I freaking hate live trees honestly you hate live trees why i hate live trees i hate live trees being harvested as christmas trees and bringing them in ever since that really depressing christmas story christmas tree story i read where the tree dies and then gets like thrown up in the attic and the tree is sentient and thinking the entire time and uh he's wondering when the kids are going to come down and play around him and worship him like they did on christmas and then they bring him down and they take him down in the yard and they burn him <laughs> it's oh my freaking god horrible. It's the not circle even, of life. It's not even since then. I mean, the first time we ever tried a live tree, the needles got everywhere. There was pine sap everywhere. I, I just freaking <laughs> hated it. I thought it was miserable. That's why, yeah, you're, the, the parent when you're a kid, your parents are always like, God damn it. And you're like, yay, real tree. But I mean, as a kid even, I was like, this is gross. I got <laughs> like this shit everywhere. It's terrible. What happened? I, but, but your heart has the most magic. Yeah, I know. But we always, got, we always <laughs> had a fake tree. And I, I liked... I liked that the tree, you took it out of a box and it was in a big piece of cardboard and the, the little branches were on the bottom and the, the long branches for the base were at the top. You knew exactly where to start building and everything. 
My dad would put the pole up in the thing, and we'd stick. I'd stick it all in the uh, holes and everything, and build the tree. And I loved it. It was fun. But we got a real freaking tree one year, and I hated it. And it was my idea too. I was like, "Let's get a real tree and see how it is." And I guess with everything else, it's just how you grew up. Yeah, I guess. I say humbug to fake trees. Uh, you know, if you live in a tiny apartment or you have low ceilings or you're too frail to lug a, a full-size tree into your house. Um, I, I understand that it's a solution, but uh, I've always had live trees, and uh, my family always went hard on getting uh, live trees and the, the ritual of picking out a tree every year and trying to see if it was a good shape and if it was well-filled in. Um, you know, sometimes it has like some janky branches or like big gaps in the branches where you won't be able to put any ornaments and you're gonna have to like rotate the tree and try to hide that embarrassing bald spot. Uh, is it going to fit in the base? Uh, these are all pros water. Yes. And I'll (laughs) tell you why, because if everything in life is about eliminating hassle, then you're just walking around with your head down over your freaking iPhone and then you look up and 30 years have gone by smoothly because you've never had any hassle. You've never been in the moment to mark Christmas. I mean, there are people that's like, great, I set my Christmas tree up in 15 minutes. I pull it out and I plug it in, done. It's like, Yeah, for Jeff, there's a lot of ritual. I mean, for most, like for us too, when I was young, there was a lot of ritual surrounding the setting up of the live tree. You know, I, I'm sure my family hated it, but I would put on the Bing Crosby. I think we talked about this in previous years. But it, it smells great. Yeah. It is a living thing. Well, it was. Not for long. Not for long. <laughs> Not if we have anything to do with it. But I mean, ne- ne- neither is the is the Christmas goose. You know, you're not just going to have all fake food that you eat every Christmas, are you, Ed? I mean, you might actually. You're a monster. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't know. But like I said, for me, uh, the ritual. We still had. I still had a ritual. I built the tree myself. I thought it was awesome yeah. as a kid that I could like put this thing together and everything. I think putting together a tree with your dad sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, it was fun. Picking out a tree and putting up a tree with your dad, better. If you uh, only if you saw it not, down with your bare hands and a song. Not when you got all that sticky shit all over your hands. <laughs> that's, that's part of it, man. Nature, baby. After you've got the sap in your skin. Do you realize how useful that sap is? Why you could build a boat with that. Right. And then just that trail of pine needles when you carry it out to die on the front curb. And, yeah, it's it's a hassle. It's a mess. It's life. Engage. <laughs> yeah, like kind of like you said though. You know, here in the apartment, it's it's a little bit worse. And in one year, my sister was living here. I think it was maybe the first year she was here. And we on Christmas Eve, we were like, "Fuck it, let's go get a tree." So we went over to the Christmas tree lot, and we were like, "Hey, what do you got for us?" And he was like, "I got this little beauty for forty-five dollars." And I was like, well, okay. My sister was like, ho, ho, ho. Wait a minute. We were thinking a little bit less. And he was like, oh, yeah, what were you thinking? And she was like, something along the lines of $15. And the guy was like, 15 And we're like, well, take it or leave it, you know. You can uh, take our $15 Eve. or you can throw that tree in the garbage tomorrow. And the guy was like, okay. And he got a saw uh, and trimmed it up. Nothing like putting the screws to a <laughs> migrant laborer. On Christmas Eve. Oh, no, he was, a, he was a white fella, so we had no guilt. Like I said, my family has always made a huge deal out of uh, picking the tree, um, getting it ready, 
cutting a little bit off the base, getting it into the stand, uh, decorating it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And as my parents uh, get into their advanced old age, it's kind of horrifying to think of them uh, struggling with this giant living tree. Uh, I remember uh, a few years back I went to visit um, and I walked out of the airport and my father kind of hunched out of the car. He was like bent all the way over because he had thrown out his back trying to lift the tree straight up by himself. And I was like, oh, God, you you have to please stop yeah. getting live trees. Time for a fake one. And then last year he was uh, at the Christmas tree farm and he was walking around and he hit a patch of mud and then fell and just went down this like mud hill uh, romancing the stone style <laughs> oh my um, gosh. and which is like covered in mud and I'm like oh god please stop going to the Christmas tree farm uh, and so it's the end of an era but this is the first year that he got a uh, fake tree yeah and, and it will literally save his it. life and you know uh, uh, Amanda and I like to invite people over to trim the tree yeah that's always um, fun we have a big party. We have the special Christmas pickle ritual that we hide on the tree. You know, Our cat loves it. <laughs> we have gone, but uh, I have never actually trimmed the tree at your house. I've gone to the party, but I've never... I thought that was just an expression or something. Like, we're going to go trim the tree. You know, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> e- e- even, even after you watched people put decorations on it, you thought it was still an expression? <laughs> I thought it meant to cut the tree in some oh. way, like to trim the tree. That's what I thought it meant. You heard it here first, people. Drew, what did you and your mom do for Christmas? One of the reasons why I hate Christmas trees, or at least live ones, isn't so much because of the Christmas tree, but because of an experience I had buying one, and it's the only time I remember buying one. Um, I went with my cousin in, instead of my mom, and it was just a very unpleasant experience from the coldness and the wetness. And for whatever reason, the winds were really strong and I was kind of small back then. So it was like the winds were blowing me in a way that it wasn't blowing the adults. And I was getting yelled at, like, stop playing around. And I'm like, wow, my adults suck. I need new ones. Well, I'm sorry you had that unpleasant experience. Uh, next year, uh, why don't you and I make a point to go out Christmas tree shopping? I have a, a fake tree right now. Um, I haven't taken it out of the box in like four years. It's just been sitting in that box wondering when you would play with it again. Yeah, when, when are you going to worship it like you did in days of old? I mean, hey, it's immortal, so it, I don't have to worry about burning it in the backyard to teach That's a right. lesson. Yeah, that'd be a bad idea. Yeah, whatever fumes come off those fake trees, it's got to be... Pretty potently inhaled. <laughs> we burn the fake tree every year. I loved real trees until the year I made my short film, Christmas Tree Genocide, where I went out with my phone to see how many trees abandoned on curbs I could find it's horrible. and film before I just ran out of trees. And I never ran out of trees. I had to just quit because I had to go pick up my friend at the airport. You, you know horrible. they replant trees, right? Not these trees. Life continues. We're not losing trees. We're just... Christmas trees find a way. Ryan M., I'm giving you a topic in the digibag. If you could take on the mantle of Santa, would you? 
I would have to say no, I would not, because it seems like a very thankless job. Thankless? Think about all the cookies. Santa doesn't do it for the thanks. I feel like Ed is Santa fully enough yep. that I've, he brings I've 365 days of the year magic to <laughs> his children. I kind of, after the Noli debacle, I've kind of like laid off a little bit. We did, they did do like a, I gotta be quiet now, they did do like a Santa um, letters this year and everything and I, you know, we take them down because the, the mail of the North Pole only goes out on Sundays, which is how I am able to go downstairs and kind of like, you know, gank them after they set them down <laughs> by the mailbox and everything. I made a mistake because with 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 Willow with Willow it was like okay with Augie Augie gives me his Santa letter and I kind of like peek at it and everything there's like three things on there you know fine I open up Willow's and it's like thirty some items I mean it's freaking huge yeah. iPad on there there's all this shit yep. in there that we weren't prepared to get at all and it's like December twelfth and you can't get anything now you know you can't get these things so it's like I kind of shot myself in the foot this year with her. Ed, you know your kids listen to this podcast, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're loyal listeners. I'm reaching into the digital bag. <laughs> Past the giblets. What weird holiday foods did you grow up with, Ed especially? Plotki. It was a tradition we had. Um, That's like uh, an Illinois thing, right? No, it's a Polish thing. It's like it's a, a uh, yeah. It's like a Chicago Polish. Yeah, food, I right? don't know. If, well, no, not even that. It's actually you get it at the church, or you actually we would get it at a nunnery, because I had a cousin, uh, some removed cousin or something that was a nun, and um, the uh, plotkis are like they're made out of the same stuff as a communion wafer, like a, you know how a Eucharist wafer tastes. In it. The, uh, the body of Christ. Yes, exactly. Tastes like rice paper, but uh, it's engraved with like. It's like about this big, like a postcard size or something. It's engraved with uh, like a nativity scene with the, uh, you know, the stable and the manger and, and you know. Food art. Wise men and the, sh and the shepherds and all that, and the star. And basically the family then around the table picks the Watki up and they each break off a piece. So it's completely broken apart. And then uh, right before Christmas dinner, everybody Do you everybody look at your mom and say, break me off a piece of that? Break me off a piece of that Watki. <laughs> Everybody goes around the table, and uh, you hold the pot key piece out, and you break it off. They break a piece of yours off, and you break a piece of theirs off, and you each eat it, and you say Merry Christmas, and you know, you shake hands, you hug, you kiss, whatever, and then you go all around the table till the entire thing is gone, and then you sit down and eat dinner. So that that was what we had on Christmas always. That sounds great. Yeah, it was pretty cool, but uh, I haven't had it in freaking years. I don't even know where to get it anymore out here have you guys ever had ambrosia yeah ambrosia salad mm -mm. they sell yes. it at ralph's you can just buy it it's flowers or no, something it's not that right? weird. so the ambrosia salad that my family makes it's this really old recipe it is oranges marshmallows and whipped cream and it just looks like something a four-year-old would make in the kitchen <laughs> like yeah. some disgusting glop of ingredients you can take one and bite before it's too uh, too much did yours have coconut in it too mine had coconut and i think pineapple too they're supposed to have coconut and pineapple too I don't know if ours does, because I have never tasted this foul <laughs> concoction. I think I may have just been pushing it around on my plate for the last 40 years, hoping no one notices I that I give don't it a whirl. eat the ambrosia. It's worth at least one bite. It's the food of the gods. So. Yeah. 
Yeah. It, you know, it's like a very 50s thing, I feel like. Yeah. Those, those guys were just always mixing crazy shit back then. Drew, any weird Christmas foods? Something I do remember that I'd like, which I don't think is all that unusual. My mother would make, like, soda punch or something where she would, like, make, like, fruit punch and then pour an entire two-liter bottle of... Uh, 7-Up or ginger ale into the punch bowl. That was always fun to drink. The only thing that would make it better is coconuts and pineapples and marshmallows. No, 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 no. Have you ever gone caroling or been caroled at? (laughs) Um, No, I've never gone caroling. That's not a thing we ever did. No, it was too freaking cold. Yeah, I, I wonder <laughs> if that's a thing that anyone ever actually did, or is it only in movies? Oh, Jeff, Jeff has, has gone done caroling. It, yeah. yeah, I remember Jeff talking about it one year. Oh, did we already year. talk about it? I don't know if we talked about it on the show, but like uh, not just in your living room, like out on the town. Yeah. Only time I've ever even seen caroling was at Disneyland. When we lived on the west side, um, they would have a Christmas or like holiday festival where all the shops would stay open late and they would, uh, you know, light the Christmas tree on the town green and stuff like that. And there were groups of carolers that would go from shop to shop caroling. That's really lovely. Fun. Have I ever seen that? I live on the west side. Well, you got to go down to... Uh, Main Street in Santa Monica, Venice. One day, perhaps. Let's put that on the calendar. I'd I'd really love to do that, actually, if they ever open it up again. Sounds awesome. Where would you take your ultimate vacation? Based on context, is this a a winter vacation? Yeah, in this context, like a Christmas vacation. I got a chance to go to Utah once for the Salt Lake City Film Festival. That is like some crazy, majestic, snow-capped mountain, like beautiful pine-fresh air, little ski chalet kind of stuff. That was pretty awesome. And then um, I don't know if Vancouver's like that all year round, but uh, Vancouver is dominated by one giant mountain that just this giant snow peak that looms over the whole city. So that would be a pretty awesome setting. Uh, recently, Noli brought up she'd like to see the Krampus run in Munich during Christmas and everything. <laughs> and that sounds pretty freaking cool. Yeah, that actually sounds I like think Jeff about too. It, the more I think about it, the more like I think that would be a pretty cool Christmas vacation. It would be. Yeah, now you know she listens to the podcast. <laughs> Except that I'm so over Krampus. Damn it, damn it. It's just a bandwagon. Once it got to Noli, yeah, you know, it's, a, <laughs> it's mainstream. <laughs> yeah, like... Uh, going through, actually, uh, Amanda and I had an entire trip planned, uh, that we had to cancel last minute because of COVID, um, to go through Europe and we were going to like pass through Bavaria and we were going to see some of the Christmas markets and stuff like that. We didn't specifically, you know, have any, uh, Krampusnacht activities planned or anything like that. You would have fit it in. Uh, yeah, that that would be amazing. I would actually am going, hopefully, if we can travel again in January 2022 to Lapland in Finland on a photography trip because I saw some pictures from there and it's like crazy northern lights and trees yeah. covered and in reindeer, snow. reindeer, right? Like, potentially, yeah. Failing that, I would go to like Australia or Argentina or somewhere in the southern hemisphere because I 
hate short days, and if possible, I would just trade hemispheres every year and just constantly live in a a world where the sun doesn't set until ten o'clock. You know, they've been playing that Prince song in heavy rotation. Uh, Bad dance. Pussy control. Pope. <laughs> it's the one where in the beginning he's like, "I'm talking about the afterlife." Oh, uh, let's, let's go, go crazy. crazy. Let's go crazy. And in, in in that little like intro, he goes like, "It's a place where the there's always sunshine, day or night." And every time I hear that, I'm like, "You'd go fucking insane." Doesn't sound like a good heaven. I saw insomnia. I know how. I yeah, exactly. Wait, you, you, are you saying you'd go insane, and that's your objection for a song called "Let's Go Crazy"? You gotta go to Doctor. Everything is gonna be all right in Beverly Hills. Yeah, yeah. He's speaking truth. No, yeah, but literally. Who knows what insane. he's talking about? No, because he's saying "Let's Go." Cr- yeah, no, good one. But but, yeah. but everything <laughs> is gonna be all right once you go to make an appointment. Not if the sun's up day or night. You can wear one of those raspberry berets. You wear one of those masks. I did. I did have that experience in New Zealand where I was camping, and I got to where I was going to go to by like two p.m. And I was like, "All right, well, I guess I'll lay down in the tent," and followed. Yeah, literally like nine hours of trying to fall asleep because I had nothing else to do with sun in my eyes. <laughs> when I went to Ireland, it was in the winter, and like at two thirty, the sun would just plunge into the ocean and you were just <laughs> adrift in darkness for yeah. like nineteen hours. Awesome. Like you, you you had to get up early and drive and at a certain point you just pulled over because it was pitch black. And that's when the chuds came at you. There there's no chuds in Ireland. St. <laughs> Patrick chased the chuds out of Ireland. Rudolph versus Frosty versus Abominable Snowman. AVP, baby. Well, Frosty is a snowman. He sucks. <laughs> he can't even count that fuck. Uh, uh, fastest belly whopper in town. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's got a magic hat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it doesn't. It just makes him jolly. <laughs> it makes no, him alive. No, it makes him alive. He's a <laughs> snow golem. If he takes the hat off, he dies, though, right? He falls apart. He doesn't die. He's just he goes back eliminated from the fight. Yes. Yeah, but seriously, yeah, you just knock his hat off and then crumble him into... I mean, you can try, but he's got those weird stick arms that Sharp Carrot knows. Cool. It depends on eyes. what cannon you're going with. If, if he's got... Cold eyes. If it's cartoon Rankin Bass, he just has snow arms. I feel like Abominable Snowman in the real world just destroys everyone. Unless you have yeah. some dentist along with you. <laughs> who what? Can some pull out his teeth. So you think it comes down to Abominable Snowman versus Rudolph? Yes, and I think Abominable Snowman, being a big yeti, can beat a reindeer who has no powers except flying and... No powers except flying? Are you insane? Yeah, Rudolph has is... the high ground. Yeah. <laughs> we all know how that ends and up. And he can blind him with that nose. And possibly, you know, he doesn't, uh, is is Yeti, like, have intelligence? Or he's, like, kind of a feral creature, right? So, I mean, it's, it's like a if, he's chasing, he's got if he's chasing a pre-human flying unicorn, intelligence. I think when, you, when you're when you abominable, you're you're not that intelligent. <laughs> you're not thinking very, you're not thinking very clearly. He could throw a big rock at the Rudolph. Yep. Or he could just go up there and deal with him. I mean, because last I heard, Bumble's bounce. If Rudolph has intelligence, I assume, right? No, he's a stupid he's, reindeer. He's, He's depicted with intelligence, though. Usually, like, all the reindeer are. He's depicted with intelligence. They're, they're, they have enough. They have a society where they can ostracize. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> there are reindeer games until so, until they're someone sophisticated enough to play reindeer. That shows true intelligence. So, like Rudolph could 
outsmart this like thing and like lead it off a cliff or something. There is the fact that they but, bounce. But it would yeah, bounce. And then it bounces and cannonballs <laughs> him into oblivion. Here's the, here's the thing that you guys are not taking into account. Rudolph has to pull Santa's sleigh all year round. Once he drops those reins, he's been training at like heavy gravity. He's going to have like super speed. I don't know. I think Rudolph is like an MVP and he's only, he's saved for like the big night, the big show. Okay. Otherwise he's just in the training room, icing down his nose and et cetera and so on. Sitting in the whirlpool. So you guys all are pulling for Abominable Snowman? I think Abominable Snowman eats Rudolph's flesh and cleans his face with Frosty's shattered wet remains. Mm -hmm. All right. But speaking of reindeer, recently I learned that male reindeer shed their antlers in the wintertime. So if all of Santa's reindeer do indeed have antlers, that means that all of Santa's reindeer are females because they keep their antlers in the wintertime. Or that they're magic antlers. If you want to be sexist about it. This is part three of the Buckwild Yuletide celebrations. So last time I made a quiz out of it, and I gave you guys the names of some old games and asked you to guess what they were. So, cock-throwing. Would anyone like to guess what cock-throwing is? Well, putting aside the obvious, I'm going to say it means throwing chickens. I'm going right? to say it means swinging your penis around. <laughs> it's like a caber toss. Cock-throwing, <laughs> alternately known as cock-whipping... Or cock thrashing. I know that one. <laughs> no, it isn't. This is really unfortunate and grim. I won't go into great detail. But in the 18th century, the English would tie up a rooster and kill it with special cock beating sticks because they hated the French. The game lives on in a pub game called Aunt Sally, where people throw their cock beating sticks at the fake head of an old woman smoking a pipe. All right, goose pulling. Would anyone like to guess what goose pulling is? You pull off a goose's head to own the French. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> oh. Ryan Moore gets it in one. <laughs> really? The sport involved fastening a live goose with a well-greased head to a rope or pole that was stretched across a road. A man riding on horseback at full gallop would attempt to grab the bird by the neck in order to pull the head off. This is in England again? That one was in many European countries. Maybe this is why the English started the first SPCA, because they were so cruel to animals that it <laughs> got to be too much. Actually, um, there was uh, some writers that uh, specifically went after these animal cruelty practices, and this guy wrote a treaty called like the Four Phases of Cruelty, and it you know starts with animals and then it moves on, and they made it um, sort of uh, gauche for people to torment animals. And then eventually judges started being harsher and harsher in their prosecution. And eventually this paved the way for the better treatment of animals. Go the pen. But back in the day... Um, there was like giant festivals of again. I didn't want to get into it, but fox throwing and giant just cock awful, festivals, awful stuff. Is is just randomly wonking a cat against a wall a real thing? Like in Monty Python, they would throw them up in the air, and then when they would throw all their swine and cats and dogs and foxes um, into the air, and they couldn't. They weren't any fun to throw anymore. Children would go out with clubs and beat them all to death. Yeah, time travel is a joke. No no one wants to go back in time. You would just get syphilis and get hit with a someone throwing a cat. Like, it's just god-awful. History is a nightmare. 
And the present ain't too great either. <laughs> Does anyone want to guess what base to the bear was? Masturbating. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. <laughs> so, so between cock, <laughs> cock thrashing and goose pulling, you're saying base to the bear is the masturbation euphemism? Yes. <laughs> All right. I'm double down on that. Ed, base the bear. What do you think? I feel like it involves the bear's asshole somehow, but <laughs> I don't want to commit to that. That's how uh, you'd play it? <laughs> yeah. Honey in a bear's ass? I have no idea. Well, well, luckily, we are moving out of the Dark Ages. Uh, base the bear. One player is chosen to be the bear, another to be the bear keeper. The bear has one end of a rope tied around his waist, and the bear keeper holds the rope and a whip in the other hand. All the other players are urchins. The urchins try to tease the bear, and the bear tries to catch the urchins. The bear keeper must keep the bear away from the urchins by pulling the bear's rope, and keep the urchins away from the bear by hitting them with a whip. If an urchin is caught by a bear, or hit three times by the bear keeper's whip, he becomes the new bear, the old bear becomes the new bear keeper, and the old bear keeper becomes an urchin in the next game. I'm going to imagine that after one hit of an urchin with a whip, this just turns into massive brawl, massive <laughs> fist fight pounding on each other. Well, the whip is like a length of rope or a handful of wheat, so okay. it's, a, it's a little less intense. But once you put the honey on the asshole... Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's when shit gets real. Uh, so here is a game that is older but still in existence, so you might have actually heard of it, Crambo. Has anyone heard of the game Crambo? From Tom and Jerry. Yeah. Frog, Froggy went a court and he did Come a Crambo. Come to court heater right a Crambo. All right. Any guesses to what it is? Pulling facial hair out of people? Crambo is a rhyming game. In the early versions of the game, in the 18th century, teams would vie with each other to find and express a rhyme for a word or line uh, presented by the opposing player. Someone would offer the first rhyme, often poking fun at a dignitary, and the subsequent lines or couplets would then have to rhyme with this. The verse would be sung to a popular tune of the day, and the game collapsed when a player was unable to use his wit to come up with these suitable rhyming words. I feel like my friends and I did this just automatically. Like, we'd just be sitting around riffing on a song, and one person would, like, make up a joke line, yeah. and then the other person would pick it up. And then we would just go back and forth and back and forth until you ran out of rhymes. Sounds like a rap battle. Then the honey on the asshole for the person who couldn't rhyme. Yeah. <laughs> Break out the honey and the whip, <laughs> baby. A bunch of dorks. <laughs> oh. Sitting around rhyming at each other. This, this game has a proud tradition going back to the 14th century and no uh, geese are beheaded and no... No assholes are honeyed. Yep. No assholes are honeyed. Unfortunately... I have one more topic for you all, and it's another pop quiz. Can you eat mistletoe? No. No, it's poison. Sure you can. <laughs> you oh, you might can, not be good yeah. for you, but you can. I'm so busy making out that <laughs> my, my mouth is just full of tongues. Number two. Can you eat poinsettia? No. no. Toxic. Untrue. That is actually incorrect. Poinsettia is not poisonous. You can eat it, but it probably would make you sick eventually because it's also not necessarily, like, nutritious or anything. It's, But it's toxic to dogs and cats, right? Oh, so is chocolate. I Many mean, things chocolate. are, yeah, so, so, so are onions. Humans for the win. Suck it, dogs. I'm eating this whole thing. <laughs> I'm eating all the chocolate and onions. <laughs> Any listeners should not take this to heart because I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Okay, number three. Can you eat holly? If you want to. Yeah, it's got berries, yeah, I think. The berries are also poisonous. 
Oh, shit. Cannot eat holly. I'm going to say no. <laughs> <laughs> Last one. Can you eat spruce? The tree? It's good eating. Uh, yeah. I think I've heard of people eating that when they're starving. I'll go yeah. I'll say yes. Yeah. You can eat the tips of the spruce. Apparently they're very tasty and nutritious. Just a tip to see what it feels like? That's just all I eat is a tip. Never stop with just a tip. <laughs> and those were all the holiday plants I could think of. <laughs> How would you kill Santa? I wouldn't kill Santa, Jeff, so that's the <laughs> he, end of that question. He already has in his child's hearts. <laughs> I didn't oh. ask if, I asked how, goddammit. I'd just tell him, I don't believe in you, Santa. Oh, it's like Pennywise? <laughs> yeah. no, just knock him off a roof, the Santa yeah. Claus style. It's, it's like how Pennywise has to be laughed at, but you have to hate Santa. <laughs> you have to throw hate at him or something. I would imagine that because Santa is immortal, you can't kill him. The most you can do is just, you know, do what Chikamaru did to Edan. Just blow him up into pieces. Blow him up and, and bury him in a yeah. bottomless pit? Yeah. Oh, okay. Seal him away in a church basement? Like a Prometheus exactly. kind of thing? And let him stay like that for all of eternity. Unless, of course, he's cursed, in which case, by taking him out, the curse passes on to you. It's also possible he's invulnerable in addition to being immortal because he does not freeze, and he can breathe that atmosphere. Then you need to give him some cement shoes. Yeah, but neither do Sherpas. That could just be They could, though, if they were exposed for long enough. It's very simple guys you you find where the reindeer are fed and you feed them a mixture of holly berries of uh, mistletoe <laughs> poinsettias <laughs> midway over the atlantic the reindeer drop and santa goes in so mm -hmm. that was my thinking was that you know in his fastness he is secure on christmas eve like if you set a trap in your house he's moving at like relativistic speeds Mm -hmm. Like, he's moving close to the speed of light. There's nothing you're going to do to him. You can't poison the cookies because anyone who eats, like, 80,000 pounds of cookies a night must have a godlike metabolism. It's the sleigh. I think the sleigh or the reindeer, that's the only time he's vulnerable. I got to go on record as saying I don't like this topic of conversation. <laughs> Riddle disaster, Christmas edition. What do you call a person who is afraid of Santa? Santaphobe. Claustrophobic. Claustrophobic. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done. Uh, Ryan kind of set that one up, and I just kind of picked it up. How many presents can Santa fit in an empty bag? None. Zero. It's an empty no. bag. That's your answer, zero? I say zero, yeah. One. One, because after that, it's not empty anymore. <laughs> and finally, we will leave you with this. Knock, knock. Who's there? Who's there? Irish. Irish show. I wish you a Merry Christmas. And a happy green beer. Aww. <sighs> oh, that one touches the soul, it does. Now get out of here, you fucking chuds. I wish all of you a shiny new poop pooper for Christmas. I sure need one. Put some honey on your poop pooper. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas to all, and to all a good night. Ho, ho, ho. And welcome to the final Christmas ever. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and cue music. Douchebags. Douchebags.
douchebags.